0: This is the PMP Industry Insider Podcast.
1: Hello, everyone. Welcome out to another episode of the PMP Industry Insider Podcast, where we take a look at what is changing in the industry and take you to the front lines to those that are driving those changes. My name is Donnie Shelton, owner of Triangle Home Services, which houses Triangle Pest Control as well as Triangle Lawn Care, as well as the CEO of Comarch, a digital sales marketing services company for the pest and lawn. And with me, as always, is the highly esteemed, highly sought after, and highly popular, I might add, Mr. Dan Gordon. Dan, would you like to say hello to our audience?
0: Hey, how are you? Uh, highly popular. Um <laughs> It's uh, Dan Gordon, uh, PCO bookkeepers, PCO M&A specialists, and um, um, anything else you want to call me, just don't call me late for dinner. And uh, today, I will let Donnie introduce the uh, topic since uh, he he, he came up with the idea, and uh, I had to research the, uh, or at least come up with the answers. So, why don't you go ahead, Donnie? (laughs) (laughs) Yep. So, today
1: we're talking about the first five years of my life when i started my business actually the topic is how to prepare for cash emergency and it seemed like probably the first 10 years of my business career in pest control this tended to be kind of a weekly thing and then it turned into a bi-weekly thing and then you know i had too much month at the end of the money oftentimes um but you know it really is an i i think a very applicable topic um, as of late, there's a ton of cash in the economy. Obviously, we know that will change at some point. Um, but I thought it'd be fun to do an episode on how to prepare for a cash emergency, because the reality of it is, and, and and Dan, I'm sure you're going to talk about this. When when I first got into this business, I had a very wise accountant. Should I, should I call you wise, Dan? I, I don't know if I should. I had an accountant tell me. Uh, you know, one time. I, I think you should. I I, I believe you should. The last time. or How did you put it? You said he's the worst time to ask for money is when you need it. And so the reality of it is, is that, you know, I think, you know, us doing an episode on how to prepare for a cash emergency, because the fact of the matter is, is that if you're in business, obviously, once you hit a certain size, they are few and far between, but you still get a cash pinch when you're small. This is like it could be a death blow. And I know for me, I still remember this night. I will never forget this as long as I live. It was three thirty in the morning. I got up and I'm not joking. I had cleared payroll by less than a dollar. And so um, that that was really early on. I and, and, by the, and by the way, I had no reserves. Like it was it was either going to go. Or it wasn't going to go. And of course, after that, I, I realized that my, my plan was not working. So with that, Dan, I'm going to open this up. I think it's a fantastic topic a- again if you're scale at size you know this is probably not that big a deal and you know you're not you're not in this you know fight or flight mode if you're smaller you, you absolutely know what the hell we're talking about here but let's let's start out with kind of defining some terms and then i i actually want to give this over to you you know what exactly is a cash crunch right when we talk about people who are having cash crunches and you got a time when it's like oh my gosh what What would actually be the definitive definition of that? Because, you know, one of the things I have seen is that it's all relative, right? Someone may have a little bit of money in the bank. They have a credit line. It's, you know, half a million, million dollars. They haven't touched it and they feel like they're in a big cash crunch. So why don't we define that first? So that's not a cash
0: crunch. And what I kind of um, wanted to lay out is, um, a cash crunch is what you went through. Actually, a real cash crunch is if you didn't make it by a dollar or more. <laughs> but, but really, when you're in business, you, you know, there's certain skill sets you need. And if you don't have it or don't have the inclination to learn it, you need to have somebody either on your staff or on your you know, consultant or, or whatnot to run the bookkeeping, accounting and or CFO function. And basically what I've seen and I've seen this, that a lot is that leadership doesn't have a strategy or a plan for predicting or managing cash flow, right? Um, Sometimes you'll see it where you get a call and, oh, my gosh, um, um, I've got a crisis. I can't make payroll. And you need to take immediate action. Right. And rather than defining what it is, I'd rather kind of talk about how you avoid it. So basically what it is, is you don't have enough money to pay your immediate bills and What you want to do, you know, uh, uh, the old saying is that a good offense is fueled by a great defense. With that said, you know, um, you can avoid a bad situation uh, by budgeting and, um, you know, uh, planning. And um, so. uh, by the way, just because you do a budget doesn't mean you're going to have a uh, you're not going to have a cash flow, but at least you can predict it. And if I know that I'm going to have a cash flow issue a month from now or two months from now, I can figure out what to do with it now. And and so every business will ultimately have some sort of cash flow emergency or maybe uh, a negative cash flow. Maybe it's not an emergency, but uh, every business will ultimately do it. And the the way that you can um, work it is, um, you know, to prepare for it and and make sure that you have credit lines or personal money or, you know, relatives or, you know, uh, any other type of um, uh, financing lined up for it. So then you're firing off
1: like 800 questions in my brain right now. So let's let's take them one by one. Let's start with the first one. What would you say? And I already know. I know my answer to this, but I want to hear your answer to it. Mm-hmm. What would you say based on the size of your business? What kind of credit line should you have? So if I'm a million dollars, what should I have? in an available credit. If I'm 5 million, what should I have? If I'm 10 million, like what's a good coverage ratio or a good coverage line that you're like, yeah, that's pretty comfortable that you really should not go beyond that. So what should you have or what will the banks give you? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's going to be my answer, which is as much as they'll
0: give me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So sure. a problem with pest control uh, and or lawn care is that our... Uh, balance sheets consist of basically whatever cash is in the bank, maybe some accounts receivable and a little bit of inventory and then trucks and those trucks are usually financed or encumbered by some sort of financing. And so our balance sheets don't really have much on them. Uh, in terms of going to a bank and saying, listen, I want to borrow a whole bunch of money or get a credit line, right? Because bankers want to have something that they can take from you, right? So Mm -hmm. if you have real estate uh, or equity in real estate, I can take it from you. If if you've got vehicles that are unencumbered, I can take those from you. The value of our business is in this intangible called a customer list. And banks don't really like to, to lend on that for the most part, because if it comes time for them to foreclose, your customer list is probably not in real good shape, right? That means that you're having some issues. And so that's a problem. Some banks will lend on credit line personal guarantees. If you get bigger, you can take away those personal guarantees. But what should you have available as much as you can? At a minimum, you should have a probably a month's worth of cash uh, as a credit line. The beauty of our business is it's recurring revenue. So you don't need, you know, so sometimes you listen to these gurus and say, well, you should have six months of cash. Well, I don't believe that you need to have six months of cash and and most banks won't give you six months of cash. Um, So, um, you know, I, I think at least one month of, of cash available for a credit line. And oh, by the way, something you said, very important. It's a whole lot easier to get money when you don't need it. So line it up and keep right. it at zero and maybe right. draw it and put pay it back so that they don't close it on you. Um, but um, definitely you want to um, take a look at uh, doing that. I, I've got to believe,
1: too, in I don't really care what side of the aisle you are on this one, meaning folks that are listening, but, you know, the vast majority of folks that I have seen in the past that have struggled with this PPP really helped them out, you know, (laughs) as far as cash is concerned in our industry, PPP was a godsend, right? There's no doubt about it. Um, And so if you're, you know, if you were able to participate in that, you, you, theoretically should have been able to clear the deck then. But I guess the other question now, and, and again, I've, I us just talking about this. It's fired up several questions is you're going along. Your business is growing. How often should you come back and tell your bank, look, I want to be considered for more. Um, I want to be considered for a higher credit line. Like, is that something that you do every year? Is it something every two years? Like, what are your thoughts on that one?
0: The answer is yes uh, every year. And what you want to do is you don't want to just, uh, you know, go to one of these big national banks and get yourself a credit line or apply online. You want to have a personal banker yeah. who watches out for you so that you can go back to him or her every year and say, look, this is what we've done. This is the progress we've made. We think that we need to have this. The other thing is there are certain things that credit um that's totally acceptable, right? so if you're buying a vehicle or an asset, that's totally acceptable to finance if you're needing to hit your credit line to make payroll, not that it's bad if you're seasonal or whatever and and, and a lot of the you know people uh, we, we've as an industry, and we'll talk about this in a little while we've taken seasonality out of it, even if you're in you know the great white north, mm-hmm. but you know if you need money to make payroll you need to really look at things and say well why is that I should be able to make payroll um, unless you're highly seasonal and, and again there are techniques for it for that um, a lot of times it could be because your credit policies with your customers are very laxed or your ability to collect money is very lack and um, I can't tell you you know, how many uh, new clients, you know, 3 million, 4 million, $5 million, um, you know, uh, annual revenue. And their accounts receivable balance is half that, right? Which is six months of cash, right? So you've got to be able to collect your money. And usually in our business, it's all about AR, right? And so, um, you know, when you do a budget, coming up with a revenue budget in, in, in pest control and lawn care, it's, it's actually pretty easy. If we were running a candy store, it's it, it's a lot more difficult because I have to say, well, gee, how many people are going to come in and buy candy? What's the weather going to be like? To, are people going to be uh, coming into my shop? There, there's all kinds of issues with that. And it's very difficult to predict your revenue. In our industry, we have recurring model. So what we're able to do is budget and say, okay, well, this is the amount of route work that I'm going to do on a monthly basis, because that's what I am doing. That's that's what my business valuation says. These are the amounts of renewals that I'm going to get annually from termites or whatever you're renewing. Okay. And then you know, that third piece of that pie is new sales or our new sales, you know, and so I'm able to do the revenue budget. Once I do that, pest control is really a puzzle, right? Okay, I'm going to do a million dollars. Therefore, I need to have four trucks. If I have four trucks, I need four technicians. They need uniforms, blah, 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 and so on and so forth. And that's the fun part. But forecasting revenue versus collecting cash is a totally different ballgame. And
1: can, can we stop? Because this isn't a critical point that you're making. and And you said this earlier and I want to clarify it for our audience here. You know, I so we've been doing forecasting for years and, you know, we obviously do budgets at Triangle. And when I get a budget, you know, we, we use a spreadsheet for this. Uh, it, we just make a copy of the spreadsheet. And I know that sounds crazy, but we actually do. That's how we do our forecasting. And it may go to QuickBooks afterwards. But for us, like when we're sitting down topping it, it absolutely is in QuickBooks. And there's this massive spreadsheet we've built over the years. But there's one tab that I go straight to, and that is the cash flow forecast. Because truck payments, you know, Paying back your line, all that stuff happens after the PL. And so, you know, Dan's point about you've got to get really good at forecasting cash is probably the most critical point out of all of this because if you don't know, you could be growing like gangbusters. And, and I'll let Dan talk more about this. You know, you could be growing like gangbusters. You could be killing it. Your PL could be just as healthy as can be. And you're bleeding like a stuck pig, right? You're bleeding cash left and right. And that to me, If you don't have a cash flow forecast that that feeds off your P&L, that's like you need to get that done like today. Uh, But then I'll let you talk more about that, because obviously you have more of the details of how that happens. But I know for me as a business owner, that's what I've learned is that I manage. I I start with cash and then I back into the budget from there.
0: So one of the things that you said, which is very true, is you can go broke getting rich. Right. Uh, And the way that you do that is you extend yourself and um so um, what you alluded to is our uh, capex or capital expenditures that are not on your p l because you know um when if i lend you money that's not income to you when you pay it back it's not an expense to me so your vehicle payments are not on your p l the interest that you pay is the depreciation is but the payments are not. So you have to add that back. Um, And and that's really important. Uh, But really, this this notion of uh, I I really want to drill down on this managing of accounts receivable, because what we've done in our industry, and it's funny because I don't see it. I see lawn care Just kind of moving to it. Some people are very apprehensive about it. But in pest control, what we've done is we've said, okay, we're going to give you quarterly service or triannual service, and we're going to bill you monthly. How beautiful is that? We've taken the seasonality out of our business. And I don't care how far north you are. uh, We've got clients who are, are, you know, billing monthly for quarterly and and triannual service. And if you do that. And you hit a credit card on the first of the month or the 15th of the month or whatever. We've got clients that are doing five, $10 million or more, and their accounts receivable balance is next to nothing. And the reason is because, it, or negative, right? And, mm-hmm. and if now, if you're doing that and you still have cash flow problems, then you've got some operational issues. Either you're not charging enough. You have too many employees. Um, they, they, there's some sort of operational issue that you need to, 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 to look at. But usually most cash flow issues come from not being able to collect your money. And that has consequences like not being able to pay your vendors and or not being able, able to make payroll. So those are a couple of the things that you'll look at. So let's let's switch back to something that you said
1: earlier. And I, I think this is really important is. Let's talk about prevention, right? How do I avoid getting myself in that position? There's obviously, you know, there's obviously, you know, doing a cash flow forecast, making sure that I know what's going to happen with the cash and that I can live with it and that I know. I I know for me, I like knowing six months in advance, really a year in advance, what's happening with cash. And if I've got something that I know in eight months it's going to go down. Well, I've got eight months to get ready for it, and that means I can start having conversations. I can do whatever, but how do? What are some strategies to avoid getting yourself in that spot where it's like, oh gosh, now I'm in a you know a five alarm, you know fire, you know five alarm fire emergency here.
0: What are some strategies there? So as I said, probably the the number one is to do your budgets and a cash flow budget, so you can add the capex at the bottom. The only thing in our business that should drive a negative, um, you know, a, a negative number at the end of the month, meaning that, that that your expense or your outflows are more than your inflows is, um, and you'll love this, is marketing, right? You should always, <laughs> right? No, but think about it, right? Yeah. You should always, yeah. Uh, you know, if 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 I'm going to do a certain amount of revenue, then I should have a certain amount of labor. If I have this many technicians, that means I need this many CSRs in the office to support. If I, um, you know, um, you know, I can run down the whole P and L, right? My gross margin should be 50 to 55 percent. I don't care if I'm growing at a thousand percent a year or ten thousand percent a year. We're not growing at all. My gross margin needs to be where it is. The cost of my office. Uh, you'll hear my dog in the background. So uh, the, the the cost of um, the office and the fixed costs, those are fixed. The only thing that's kind of set them variable uh, for that is um, your marketing and sales, right? And that is a deliberate Move right. If you want to grow quickly, you're gonna pay. Up, you're gonna pay up for month uh, for marketing and sales. And if you do that, you've got to figure out where's that money coming from. And that could be financed. It could be, you know, personal funds. It could be, you know, a rich uncle or or or, or whatever. And in fact, what we're seeing is a lot of these high growth pest control companies are getting injections from private equity. Okay, yes. so so that's that's where that is. But unless I, I mean, for a company that's doing a hundred thousand or a hundred million, your outflow should be less than your inflows, but for marketing and sales. Yeah. So yeah, and that's a great point. So I mean, if if you're
1: sitting here listening to this, and let's just say either you're fairly new or you are struggling with cash, I, I mean, let's just let's just run through the checklist. Okay, first things first, and Dan said this: you got to look at your ratios. You know, while you're doing that, in the meantime, if you are struggling with cash, I would try to go to the bank. If you already got a line and your numbers are sucking, I might would wait. But but fact is, is that the number one thing that drives profitability in our industry is payroll. Bar none. Payroll. That's what drives profitability. So if you're having a profitability issue, that's where is that's where I would start. Either you're not being efficient in the office, you're not being efficient with technicians, you're heavy on management. Who knows, right? So first things first is let's get our ratios in order. Second thing, once you do that.
0: By the way, just before you leave that, so uh, for anybody who doesn't know, if you go to our website, PCOBookkeepers.com, we did an operating cost uh, study. and. All the ratios that you need to know that you'll ever need to know are on there. If you're a client of ours, you get it. If you're not a client of ours, just go on it and use it and, and compare your numbers to our numbers. Right. Because those, um, you know, that that's over one hundred and fifty companies um, with um, well over one hundred and. Fifty million dollars worth of annualized revenue. Those are really good numbers. So those are good KPIs. And 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 we'll we'll talk about uh, accounts receivable KPIs, which are uh, extremely important. But but uh, Donnie's absolutely right when it comes to. Th- there's three things that'll make or break you in pest control. Number one, pest control and lawn care. Number one is labor. Number two is marketing. And number three are materials. You keep all three of those things in check, you're going to make money. Yep. Now, how they get paid and they, you know that can cause some, some cash flow issues. But if you are running your company where you're doing this monthly billing, et cetera, et cetera, you should never run into that problem.
1: Well, and I I guess getting back to that is, you know, the reality of it is, is that if you're, if your numbers are out, first things first is you've got to fix the ship, right? If you're heading towards the shore, wide open, right? You're bleeding because of payroll, rip the bandaid off and fix that first, right? I mean, just make sure that your operating ratios are intact. And, you know, the the fact is, is that if you're spending more on marketing than what you're getting, well, then you need to cut back if you're having cash flow issues or whatever. But, but first things first is let's get our numbers straight. That's the first thing. Second thing is let's get some circuit breakers in place. I I know it triangle. I mean, I'm very fortunate. I'm looking for some wood. I have not had to go into any of our lines for an extremely long time, but I still negotiate like it's my life depends on it when every year to try to get a higher credit line with multiple banks. I don't just do one. Um, And an interesting story, you know, back when COVID kicked off, a lot of companies and especially a lot of the private equity groups, they pulled cash from their lines and just put them in the account. They were scared as hell. Right. They're like, well, we're not going to wait. The bank could cancel the line or hold back the line because. They... So so point being is that they even though they didn't need it, they still pulled from their lines and put it in their accounts because they wanted the cash. And so so that's number two. Right. Is get that cash, you know, get those circuit breakers put in place. So that if you do run into something, you know,
0: you can get above. It gives you time, if anything. Um, There's also, you know, things that can happen. So, you know, we're talking about a normal operation and, and you know, are, are you running negative or not? But what happens when a catastrophe happens like the pandemic or the guy that we had on our podcast a while back, Tim Brock, where a hurricane came in the panhandle yeah. and just knocked out all of his customers and half his company? Well, how do you react to that? Yeah, there's federal money available, you know, uh, FEMA and 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 um, you know, um, other uh, SBA loans and whatnot. But immediately, how do I make payroll next week? Because that stuff mm-hmm. takes time. So you gotta, mm-hmm. you know, um, and and who knows what you're in your market? Who knows what that natural catastrophe could be? Who who would have right. ever thought a pandemic would? You know, I mean, it, it's crazy. So. Yep. Another thing to think
1: about is. I'm not a credit card fan. We do have them. We do use them, um, and we have multiple credit cards. And I take those lines as hard and as fast and as hard as I can. Again, don't use them, but it's another option, right? Yeah. Uh, so that that would be number three. So so one is your ratios. Number two is your lines. Number three, um, your credit cards. Um, just making sure. And then number four is looking. And Dan mentioned this earlier. Looking at your terms for your vendors, there are a lot of vendors that if you talk to them, you can get
0: some pretty favorable terms, very favorable. So one of the one of the things that if you find yourself in a real cash crunch and it's because, you know, some of the things that we talked about you didn't do, well, how are you going to survive? One of the things that you can do is go to your vendors and say, listen, I'm going to make a partial payment today. Let's work out some terms so that we can figure this out. Um, I can't tell you how many people I see run into problems with their chemical vendors. Um, And it's because, you know, uh, especially termiticides and and, and lawn care, um, because, you know, you're paying them huge amounts of money and they're usually giving you really good terms. And, oh, my gosh, it's 90 days now and they're looking for a ton of money. How do I do it? and so right. that's you know something that uh, you 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 can definitely uh, work on but let's talk about you you had said something interesting about um your uh, collections and whatnot and, and the uh, kpis of uh, ar so everybody knows what a 30 60 90 to, um, you know a, an accounts receivable aging and um, what you had talked about were uh, credit terms If you take your total sales for the year and divide it by 365, right? So let's say that I have a company that's doing $365,000 of annualized revenue. That means they're doing $1,000 a day. Well, if they're doing $1,000 a day and I have $40,000 worth of receivables, doesn't matter what the aging is, $40,000, that means that I have 40 days of sales in accounts receivable. If my terms are 30 days, then I'm not doing so good. If my terms are 60 days, then I'm doing real good, right? So what you're doing is how many days of sales is in receivables? And this used to be a lot more pertinent than it is now where we're doing this monthly billing because we're seeing our clients are two or three days of sales in um, receivables and or negative. What I'm talking about right now is usually uh, for commercial clients, because commercial customers aren't going to pay in advance that way and whatnot, or they haven't um, in the past. So that ratio days of sales in accounts receivable is extremely important. And um, that would be one that uh, that you want to keep an eye on. You know,
1: I, and just getting back to what you said earlier, Dan, if you're not doing monthly billing. You, what are you doing?
0: Mm -hmm. (laughs) I mean, mean, I'm
1: not here to shame you, but it's like, it is common. People expect it. It's easier to do price increases. Your, your services are pre-billed before you even show up. I mean, you you've gotten out of the banking industry. There are so many positives and so little, so little negatives. They're just, I don't know. Any reason why you would not want to do that? Obviously, if you're big and commercial, and you know you're you're doing a ton of commercial work and you have big jobs that you do, that's a different story. But your general residential, even your commercial pest, right? That should be billed monthly, bar none. I mean, that's it.
0: Yeah. yeah. I mean, when I got into the business, um, seasonality. You know, I was in New Jersey, and uh, basically termites swarmed in April, and we made a whole lot of money in April, and then just kind of trotted and then tried to catch our breath until next April. And the industry has changed so much, right? And the the problem was that was like, it it just kind of snowballed, right? So you have all these renewals coming due in April. And then next year, you put on more renewals that are also due in April and then the next year. And so what happens is that your workflow is in the office. It's all done in April because all the money's coming in. And then you're sitting around in the winter, These monthly payment plans have um, really revolutionized cash flow, revolutionized our industry and taken seasonality out of it in total. And if you're not taking advantage of it, you're 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 missing the boat. Yeah.
1: You know, I I guess this
0: probably goes without saying, but I'm
1: going to say it anyway. Everything that Dan and I are talking about right now, these all should be viewed from the perspective of I've got a problem. And I need time to fix it. But if you never address like, you know, let's just say that you do run into a cash crunch. That's telling you fundamentally you made a mistake. Right. You didn't see it or something happened that you didn't expect, which, by the way, I've fell into that several times. Any business owners is out there going after that's what's going to happen from time to time. But the important thing is, is that if you have to go into a line, if you have to let a credit card go without paying it off for the month. If something happens that like just realize fundamentally your number one job on your, it should be fix my ratios because what that's telling you is there's something that happened that you did not do properly. And you know, the last thing you want to do is continue to dig. And so I know that goes without saying, but just everything that we're talking about here is temporary in nature. I've just met so many people who run a high payroll and it's like, hey, well, either grow sales or you need to downsize. And they're like, well, I can't do that.
0: And there's no well, way out. But they, well, with the high payroll, and let's just talk about technician payroll. If you have a high payroll, you've got a problem either with your pricing or with your routing. Those are the two things, right? And maybe, you know, as you get bigger, you put some people on the bench. Do you have too many people on the bench? Maybe, but usually it's pricing or Route efficiency, right, because that will drive higher prices and good route efficiency essentially gets you higher prices and that drives down your labor costs. So, um, you know, that's that that's where that that. Um, you know, that, that, that's where you need to be on that. But I, I did wanna talk, uh, if you find yourself and usually, you know, uh, in, in a really, really bad cash crunch to a point where, oh my gosh, I could go out of business. I made a, a little list, a small list, and this is not the way that I suggest you run your business. But if it's a life and death <laughs> problem, uh, first you- uh, that, that, that means, ladies and gentlemen, get ready. <laughs> Right. First, you see which expenses you can slash and do that immediately. Second, speak with your vendors and try to extend terms in exchange for an immediate partial payment. Third, look at any unused equipment or vehicles that can be sold uh, in order to raise cash. Um, and this could include factoring receivables, which is a very expensive way to um, to, to um, um, you know finance your business. And finally, You may have to tap personal resources such as a home equity line um, or taking money from or borrowing money from a retirement account. They're all very extreme measures. I don't suggest that you run your business that way. But if you find yourself in a situation where tomorrow I'm closing the doors, those are immediate things that you can do um, to get you back on track. But I do, uh, you know, once you're back on track, if you get through it, uh, you need to be budgeting and forecasting and, and, and figuring this thing out.
1: Well, hang on then. Uh, you, you left out the most part. And number five, just call Dan for a quick, quick side loan. You know, if you're right,
0: <laughs> yeah, well, if I had Donnie's money, I uh, maybe I could just broker it.
1: Oh, gosh. All right. So we're getting towards the end here. Let's, um, anything specifically, I mean, obviously, I've got some things that I think we could talk about just to finish out here. You, you know, cash crunches in general, in my mind, um, they're going to happen. The best way to not have one is to prepare for it and to make sure that you've got a cash flow forecast. And that way you know months in advance because it's way easier to solve a cash problem on the front side of it rather than on the back side of it. And so anything you want to finish out with here, Dan, before we before we finish up, um, anything else you want to talk about before we finish up?
0: No, but just remember that all businesses do go through cash crunches. Uh, some more severe than others, but as you learn, um, being an entrepreneur is like working out, right? You you have to develop the muscles, the the risk mm-hmm. tolerance, um, the um, you know uh, management of debt. Um, you know you've got a lot of these financial uh, gurus out there saying, get rid of all debt. You know debt is is it's a double-edged sword it can make you millions or it can put you in the poor house you just need to to know how to work it so you need to work out your financial muscles and um, you know understand what your risk tolerance is and that way um, you can build a a a good and thriving business
1: the the other thing i will tell you and, and is you know managing your cash managing your finances it's all a mindset. I mean, we've used, you know, PCO for years, enjoy their service. And, and Dan, you can give me my little uh, plug check there after the after the pie. But in all seriousness, yes, they, they do a great job. But, but, you know, the fact is, is that you as a business owner, I'm very big picture. I don't get into details hardly ever. I download my transactions daily. And I look at them mm-hmm. every single credit card transaction. In fact, on Friday I sent Jesse a note. Why did we buy something from, I think forever 21 turns out it was a gift card that our HR folks was given out to someone. But I mean, the reality of it is is that I look and I pay attention because it's just so essential. And so I would, I would, if I'm going to end on anything, I want to end with, you know, if you, if this is not a, if this is not a strength for you, well, Make it one because it's so essential, right? Don't 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 just sit around and what
0: Donnie is describing is a is a feature in QuickBooks where you hook up to your credit cards and also your bank and you get a feed and you look at everything daily. Most of our clients, even 10, 20, 30 million dollar clients, those guys, the owners usually looking at that stuff every day. And so being able to say, Well, I'm not good at that and outsourcing it. I suppose you can, but Um, You know, we'll do the accounting for you. PCO Bookkeepers will do the accounting, but you've got to manage your cash flow. Right, right. Well, folks,
1: you did it again. You spent another 40 minutes with Dan and I pontificating. It's keyword of the day pontificating on how not to run out of money and shut the doors at your business. If you enjoyed this episode or any of our episodes, please remember that Dan and I are highly paid, highly paid for this podcast. I'm joking. We're not paid anything. We, we do it as a service, but we both believe in trying to make our industry better as well as helping others. I know for me, I am definitely the beneficiary of many people helping me along the way. And I want to try to return the favor any way I can. And I can tell you that Dan is the same way. That's a long way of me saying, please rate and review us. <laughs> we would love to hear back from you. And if you have uh, ideas for shows or things that you want to learn more about, you can always go to PMPIndustryInsider.com. Uh, our show notes are up there, and you can also submit questions as well as um, podcast ideas. And with that, we're going to sign off. Dan, good seeing you again, everyone. We will see as you all. always, take care. Take see care. you now. Bye. Bye.